Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Music Box with Tanya Dallas Lewis, where there is love inside, bringing you the hottest gospel and Christian music, interviews that are all the way live, and the latest Christian and gospel news. So don't touch that dial. And welcome to the Music Box National Recording Artist Tanya Dallas-Lewis Right here at the helm And of course 
We are listening to the original angelic voice. Yes, I'm talking about pop music's leading lady, the queen of pop, Miss Whitney Houston. One of my favorite songs, Yes, Jesus Loves Me. And from what we know, the last song that she would sing. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Music Box. Happy Thursday. We've got an amazing show lined up for for you today. And truly, today's show comes from the heart, like all of our shows do. You guys know my theme. It's the Music Box. Yes, it's the place where you'll find love inside. So broadcasting live right here in the Washington, D.C. studios. And uh, we've got Kim Lee, celebrity makeup artist extraordinaire. She'll be rejoining us as we remember, really she remembers, Whitney Houston. Again, I know a lot of y'all are fans, uh, but to the people who knew this woman intimately and, and you know, and loved her, oh, man, that's, that's something altogether different. Also, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have 30-year music industry veteran, Jerry Goldstein, she's going to be talking about uh, really giving advice to artists on how you can make it without a manager or a booking agent. Yes, it can be done. You guys know I always say the good news travels fast, so make sure you call up your friends, Facebook them, tweet them. I don't care what you have to do. Let them know that Tanya Dallas Lewis is on the air on the Music Box on Blog Talk Radio. You can call in at 646-652-2106. Again, that's 646-652-2106. And in just one or two minutes, we'll be talking to the Kim Lee. That's right. You can follow her on Twitter at the Kim Lee. That's T H E E or just twitter.com forward slash V-T-H-E-E, Kim, that's Kim with a Y, K-Y-M-L-E-E. All right, y'all. All right, we're going to be right back uh, after this, just a little bit more of this Yes, Jesus Loves Me song. I love it so much. And then we're going to pull in Kim Lee in just one second, as well as our co-host, Marvin Burton, also known as Logic the Teacher. All right, y'all? Y'all don't go anywhere. I'm going to give you just a second to get it together, and then we're going to bring in Kim Lee as we remember Whitney Houston and the legacy that she will leave, that she leaves and where we go from here. It's a music box with national recording artist Tanya Dallas-Lewis right here at the helm on this thankful Thursday. Him belong. Then- 
to, you know, professional moments and so forth. I thought everyone did a phenomenal job, and I, I really enjoyed, you know, many of the speakers, namely, you know, Tyler Perry and, and Bishop Jakes and Kevin Costner. I thought that they were some of my my favorites, not that, you know, it was a time to, to you know, have a favorite, if you will. But, you know, I thought that they um, gave um, a wonderful, wonderful um, uh presentation uh, or, or words of, of wisdom and encouragement to those watching. So I, I was very pleased, extremely pleased. And, you know, I was I was um, saying, in, uh, not in one of my blogs, but just online and to a couple of friends, that, you know, the fans, you know, we are grieving Whitney Houston and, and her loss, um, but it's different for people who actually know her. And to those of you all just tuning in, let me apologize. I didn't introduce you all. Many of you know the voice that's speaking right now. It's Dee Kimberly, she's a celebrity makeup artist, and she was a member of the Glam Squad, if you would, uh, for Whitney Houston, one of her uh, makeup artists, uh, especially on uh, set for Sparkle, the movie, which will be coming out this August. Um, but, uh, man, I just, I, I could understand when I heard reports that Bobby Christina was being, you know, taken to, back and forth to the hospital, because, I, I, you know, Marvin, I said to myself, I just can't imagine having to grieve the loss of my mom with the whole world watching. Right. I don't know if I right. could do that. I don't know if I could do that correctly. What do you think about that, Marvin? I, I, uh, the same thing with me. I really wanted to ask how do you think the family has dealt with really dealing with something as severe um, as this in the public eye? I mean, how you know, I... I, I I don't know how, how do you fathom doing that. It's so difficult to do it privately, you know, with families bickering and um, trying to understand why and really finding out what happened. Between all of that and then just to um, be so popular a family. So I, I I don't know. I don't know how it can be done. I like my low-key status. So I don't know how people could do it in the public eye. Lynn, have you – I mean, what did you – how do you think the, the the family handled that? Well, you know, just speaking to, you know, some of um, those that were in her camp, you know, it has been very difficult. And I think the most difficult part about this is that, you know, she, you know, shared everything with the world. Um, it is probably one of the the, the worst trade-offs. For being um, to for being an icon is that you have to share your your joys, your pains, your sorrows with the world. You know your triumphs. You know everything is shared with the world, and um, you know that that goes in exchange for for that for that position that she held. And 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 you know I I told you know several different mediums that I, I spoke with that you know her legacy you know is what keeps me you know keeps me keeps me sane if you will because i know that she lived a life that many artists wish to live and and that in in the sense of her career and the success of her career and um you know she she had you know i i downloaded you know her her greatest hits and i have a lot of her CDs here on my iTunes but i said i wanted to get the greatest hits because i wanted to be part of that number of people who, you know, helped to bless Bobby Christina, who was unfortunately, you know, left without her mom, but will, you know, eventually get some of the proceeds from that or some of the residuals from that. And um, she had 36 number one hits. I mean, you have people wow. who never get a number one hit. Wow. 36 yes. number one hits. If not, you know, at least right. on this CD, there was 36 of them. And so, you know, that, 
you know, that speaks volumes to me about, you know, her as, you know, an artist and, you know, her work ethic. You know, I, I told my son, it's a, a great story about Michael Jordan. I said, you know, whenever Michael practiced or rehearsed, you know, he always did, you know, double what they asked. So if they told him to be there at 10, he would wow. get there at 8. You know, and, wow. um, you know, if they told him to shoot 100 layups, he would do 200. You know, he always did that, went the extra mile. And I know that that is one of the characteristics of everyone I know, no matter to what capacity they work in, whether it be in music or it be in sports or what have you, what makes them great is that they go the extra mile. And I know, you know, working with Whitney, she went the extra mile. She was par excellence. I mean, the difference between Whitney, though, however, and Michael, and this is something that is very unusual, is that Whitney was a one-hit wonder. And that, you know, she, she she went the extra mile in the sense that she, she practiced and she rehearsed, but when she got in front of that camera, it's like something in her. It just said, one time, one take, and, you know, and I just, you know, can't remember keeping <laughs> us on set. You know, she didn't, you, it wasn't five and six and 15 takes. It was one or two. Wow. And it was the, second the second one was for safety. It wasn't because she messed up. It was because they wanted to get a different angle or they wanted to get her saying it in a different way, but it wasn't because she didn't get it. She really was a one-hit wonder. And even, you know, in, in speaking to Clive or hearing what Clive's words, you know, he said the same thing. You know, he would sit in the room with her and he would give her the music, and she literally, the first time she heard it, she got it. So she was very, wow. very, you know, unusual in that sense. And so, you know, it, it, it's really, it's, it just speaks, you know, again, volumes to me about, you know, this gift that God blessed us with for 48 years, you know, that we should cherish it and we, you know, remember her and her legacy and and, and, and just appreciate her, you know, for all of those who have tried. Sam and Kyle said it, you know, every single participant, you know, an American Idol always attempted to sing a Whitney Houston song. <laughs> That's true. And, That's you know, true. He, said he found it to be very ironic that they always chose something from her repertoire, and that says a lot, you know, and that's hard to do, you know, because she sang it so effortlessly that, you know, a person like me who can't sing would think I could sing it too. <laughs> <laughs> and we would, be, you know, it's funny because we would be on set and I would try to sing and I'd say, come on, join in with me. And she'd say, who are you talking to? <laughs> You know, (laughs) that is amazing, and that's so true. The legacy, you know, a a portion of the legacy she leaves absolutely is hard work because success in the music industry is created, it's manufactured, it's orchestrated. It's not by accident. It does take hard work. Um, But I I was looking uh, at the picture, and you were on Fox 5 uh, the weekend that uh, Whitney so tragically had passed, uh, and they were interviewing you, and I was looking at that photo uh, from the set of Sparkle, and it was so, so, so sweet. I just want to ask you really quickly, where were you when you found out the news and uh, that Whitney Houston had passed, and what were your first thoughts? Would you be willing to share that with us? Oh, wow. Um, wow, it's a place I really um, don't ever want to remember that day. It was a great day for me initially because it was my godbrother's birthday and we were planning um, his, his a big birthday bash for him. And um, so I... I I did not go to the Grammys because of that, um, because it was such a, you know, a, a special time for him, and I wanted to spend that time. I don't get a, a lot of time to spend with family, so I opted to stay home. And so I was in charge of getting him to his party, and my son, you know, told me, he said, Mom, come upstairs. And I was like, well, I'm going to go out of the door. He's like, no, Mom, you need to come upstairs. And so my son actually told me, 
And um, I just collapsed because, you know, I immediately thought, of course, you know, it was a rumor. Um, I thought, you know, maybe it was incorrect, you know, and um, so I started, I got right on the phone, you know, to L.A. to, you know, some of the, the staff and the and the actors from uh, from Sparkle, and, you know, they confirmed it. And I was just devastated, um, just devastated. And um, I, I just, you know, it was a very surreal and just a crazy thing because, you know, I had several of my clients that were at the Clive Davis party, which was, you know, which happened right in the same hotel where her body still lay. And they were all like, why, you know, we were texting back and forth, like, Kim, like, we're here at the hotel. Like, but you're trying to figure out why we're here and why we're still having this party. Right. Like, what's going on? And, you know, and people kind of really didn't know what to do. It, it really shook the very foundation of America. Um, it was, it was, it was something that was just, I mean, it seemed like so crazy that right. that was happening, you know, and that, you know, we could not, we couldn't get, we couldn't, you know, it wasn't a rumor. You know, you've heard, you hear things all the time about, you know, we heard that you know, there's reports that this person has passed and we found out right. it was a rumor. And I wanted to believe that it was a rumor until I mm. actually heard from someone in her camp and I just could not, I couldn't bear it. Just thinking about Bobby Christina and the closeness that they had and her mom, oh. you know, um, oh. and, sister and how close they were. And then, you know, P- Patricia, her sister-in-law, who was, you know, her manager slash sister-in-law slash confidant, you know, mm-hmm. and Lissies, you know, all of those people that we, you know, we worked with every day who loved her, you know, and um, it was just, it was just, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. But what I can say to the listeners, with, if, if it be any comfort, is that Whitney truly mm-hmm. loved people. And she, you know, I work with lots of celebrities, and I'm not saying that they don't love people, but a lot of times they don't want to sign autographs and they don't want to, you know, get pictures and they don't want to stop and talk. There was never a time when we were in Detroit that Whitney did not stop to talk, whether it be, you know, extras on the set or it was just the derelict on the street. Like, literally, she would roll down the window in the in the car and we would go through the streets of Detroit because they shut down half of Detroit when we were shooting that movie. And we wow. would go through the streets and people knew that she was in one of those cars, like, you know, and they would literally, it would it would almost be like the president was there. It was like, Whitney, Whitney, you can hear them, you know, chanting her name. And she would roll down that window and people would cry and they would, they would hold up signs and they would send us cakes and pies. And, you know, we had so many gifts on set and flowers and whatever business or, or establishment oh that was in Detroit. I mean, you know, they have a lot of things that are indicative of Detroit. You know, and so those particular business owners, you know, from those popular places, like, you know, they have their version of a Vince Chili Bowl. They have their version, you know, of the right. house. Right. Those people would send, they would send stuff to us on set in abundance just to say, Whitney, we appreciate you and we love you. And in return, she really loved those people, too. She loved her fans. She loved people. She right. always wanted to be around people. She was very, she was very you know, open and fun. You know, she would come on set and everybody would bust out laughing because they knew she was going to be dancing, she was going to be singing. You know, <laughs> she was going right. to make jokes. You know, like I remember I, one of my last great experiences with her is that we, um, you know, she said, "Now you know, you know, you, you keep talking about this Zumba because you know I was fussing because I missed Zumba while I was on set host. You know, okay. mm-hmm. time we were there mm-hmm. weeks. So I'm like." Now, Whitney, you know, I ain't, I ain't worked out. I ain't did no Zumba. She said, girl, you can't dance. I said, what you say? 
So we back and forth with each other. I said, no, you can't dance. So, you know, so we, 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 we did the Michael Jackson experience. And for those who have a we, you know, we used to have lots of, you know, time on set to have that kind of fun. So we put that Michael Jackson experience in. And when I tell you that girl could go, we, we got she on a that lot of energy like that. I thought I was looking at Michael. I said, and I just fell out, and I just laughed. And that's where, that's the place we were in when we you saw wow. that picture where we were hugging okay. because we had just had a dance off, and you know, so she was like, "Okay, Kim, you gonna sweat off all my makeup?" I said, "No, you gonna sweat off all my makeup." She said, "You ain't got no makeup on," you know. So we just we said we just laughed and have a good time. And um, she was just she was just a great a great spirit. Just had a wonderful spirit. You know, I think she was in the best place she'd ever been in um, while we were in Detroit. And I'm just so thankful and so blessed to be able to say that I had the opportunity to work with her and to you know work with her staff. They were just amazing people, just amazing. Well, if you if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the voice of celebrity makeup artist. Uh, Hollywood makeup artist to the stars, if, if uh, I call her that too. Her name is Kim Lee, and she is remembering Whitney on this special 10-minute uh, interview with her as we talk about the legacy of Whitney Houston. And if you guys want to see the photo that Kim Lee is talking about that she took with Whitney Houston on set, you can easily go to www.longtalkradio.com/the-music-box. As well as, hey, look it up, you know, on the Internet. It's it's all over the place. They showed it on Fox 5. You can see what a wonderful, candid photo and truly a happy Whitney Houston. Well, Kim, we thank you so much. Marvin, did you have any thank other you, questions Kim. for her? Did you have any questions I, you, for her? I, I just, I, I really wanted to, um, because I'm actually talking to someone that is very close just condolences. Uh, she was deeply, deeply rooted in the in the international world, and she made an influence on every single singer. I don't know a singer mm-hmm. that is claiming to be a singer and doesn't know at least one Whitney song. I have to ask you before you go, what is your favorite Whitney song and why? Oh, my goodness. My favorite Whitney you gotta song. you got to pick one, one, and you have to pick one. Um. I think That's I would. Right. I think it's from the Bodyguard. I have a, a song, um, a special song from Bodyguards that every time I hear it, I cry. And it's "I Will Always Love You." I really. Oh. oh um. Wow. It's a I, powerful song. Yeah, it is. It, it really, it really is. God, I have so many favorite Whitney songs. I think that probably is my favorite one. The Bodyguard soundtrack was timeless and just. Um. um it's just every time I watch, like I can't I actually haven't been able to watch it since since she passed. Right. But before when I would watch it, I was just she was just, I mean, she just beauty was just all over her. Her voice, her her absolutely. Her statue, wow. Oh my God! Her, you know, she was just. Mm-hmm. I mean, the essence of 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 all things lovely. I just I I don't know. I'm, she, I'm getting choked up, and I don't want to get choked up because I know you guys said we only have ten minutes. But um. Well, well, she was, I'll, she was I'll make it easier for you to watch because that was a. I remember that. Isn't that where she sang that song in the In Vogue outfit? Wasn't that the the the, the bright colored blue outfit she was actually performing in the movie? That was her. Performance, you know what? I'm not sure what she. I, I honestly I don't remember was. what she had on when she sang that song. Yeah, Marvin, we weren't we weren't we weren't looking at her like that. Okay. I mean, it, was <laughs> the body it was the. I remember the performance <laughs> because it was. You know, the In Vogue. You know. 
But Kim, I want to. I just want to echo those sentiments. You know, growing up on Whitney Houston and trying to emulate her and imitate her, yep. I loved her perfect teeth, her perfect skin, her eyes. It was like she was born to be a star. I mean, she was a model, the first black. Uh, a young lady on uh, one of those teen magazines. I mean, I knew everything there was to know about Whitney Houston, so truly she would be missed. Again, y'all, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about pop, pop music's leading lady. Of course, she's being dubbed, and rightfully so, as the queen of pop. And, man, we will miss her. 1963 to 2012, truly gone too soon. Oh, Kimberly, we thank you so much. If you don't mind, before you leave, can you please give out your website and where people can uh, learn to find out more about you? And tell us one more again about your book that's going to be coming out as well. Okay. Um, if you'd like to reach out, I do have a Twitter page, a Facebook page, and a website. And they're all the Kimley. It's T-H-E-E-K-Y-M-L-E-E. So that's the Kimley on Twitter. It's thekimley.com, uh, the Kimley or Facebook. And I do have a book that will be coming out um, right before the movie, actually, and it's called Forty and Foxy, and it's Memoirs of a Diva from A to Z. And um, I'm just talking about some of my beauty mantras and things that, you know, qualify you as a foxy lady. So for you ladies uh-huh. that are listening and you want, you want to know all the secrets and tricks, it actually is more than makeup that makes you who you are. There, it's, it's everything that's inside of you. It's everything that's around you that makes you beautiful. And so... You know, what you need is right within. You don't need to go far. All you need to do is just have a will, and, you know, the beauty will definitely shine through. So I want to definitely encourage you all to look out for that. And if I could leave the listeners with Whitney's favorite, one of Whitney's favorite songs, if you ever wanted to know, we listen to this song every day, and I'm actually sitting here looking at it on my iPad, and it's Fred Hammond's song, I Know He Lives. And she would Aww. play it every single oh, wow. day, and we would rock the house with that it. Is the jam. And so, yeah, we would jam, and we would we would turn it up real loud and make everybody mad. And um, <laughs> and we we be about look, we make everybody mad singing, but it ain't matter because we just you know she loved Jesus and I and she wasn't afraid to let everybody know. And so that's she what I love and miss about her so much. So if I can leave the listeners with that, if you want to remember Whitney, if you got a favorite Whitney song, play it. But if you want to know what Whitney loved to listen to, she loved Fred Hammond, and I know he lives was definitely one of her favorite cuts by him. Awesome. So, uh, and I yeah. One of one of my favorite too. Shout out to the band members uh, in Fred Hammond's camp. I love watching them do that particular uh, song live. Even if sometimes it's me backstage watching them do that. Well, Kim, thank you. You got some shout outs from the chat room um, from Angela Thornton. She says, "Kim, what a blessing that the last images of Whitney Houston are in a film and they were done by you." So she just uh, Angela Thornton sends you a. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's my beautiful aunt, <laughs> the cupcake lady. <laughs> is she the couple? Is she the cupcake lady on Twitter? No. Well, no, she's at the cupcake lady, but she makes the best cupcakes. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to look her up. You gotta oh, check her yes, out. We do. Wow, That's a whole other show for another room. day. <laughs> well, Kim Lee, thank you so much for your time, sis. I love you so much, and you take thank care. You, we're praying for you. Thank you. God bless both of you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'll talk with you so time. I love you much. All right, sweetie. Love you, too. If you're just tuning in, we want to thank you on this thankful Thursday for hanging out, chillaxing, and relaxing with national recording artist Tanya Dallas-Lewis at the helm and my guest co-host for the night, Logic the Teacher. Well, his name is Marvin, but you guys can call him Logic, right, Marvin? Yes. 
Logic. We've got a, we've got a few minutes of Whitney Houston's Yes, Jesus Loves Me, and then we'll be right back after we pay some bills, and we'll be talking to the guest of the bottom half of our hour, Miss Jerry Goldstein. If you are an artist, I don't care if you're a new artist, a mid-level artist, uh, a seasoned artist, you do not want to miss my next guest. She has a website called PerformingBiz.com, career-boosting resources for musicians and performing artists, and she's going to give you all some insight on how to make your career amazing, even without a booking manager, uh, or excuse me, a booking agent or a manager. You guys stay right there. And you know what? Marvin, I talked so long, the song is over. I'm going to play a few minutes (laughs) more of Yes, Jesus Loves Me. I know I've been playing the heck out of it, but this is one of my favorite songs of Whitney Houston's. You guys know I'm a pastor's daughter. We weren't allowed to listen to secular music, but, man, we were allowed to listen to this right right here. You guys, don't go anywhere. It's Tanya Dallas-Lewis and Logic the Teacher right here at the helm on the Music Box.
big uh, gospel songs, if you will. Many of us, whether you're a Christian or not, grew up, uh, have learned that song in Sunday school. One of my favorites by Whitney Houston. Man, she will be remembered, and may she rest in peace. You know, I had the wonderful opportunity this week, and I just wanted to share with you all, to be invited by the White House staff, yes, the White House staff, to perform yesterday uh, at the White House executive offices. So that was a big treat. And, yes, really, Marvin, it was amazing. You know, we live here. Did you try to sneak back in the back? Did you try to sneak back in the back? (laughs) You tried. I know you tried. You You thought about it, didn't you? You know me so well. No, I didn't try to sneak in the back, you crazy thing. (laughs) All that secret service that was around, man, we had to put in our information just to uh, be clear to sing at this event, like two or three weeks in advance. They I would have had to get that on recording. I'm tackling and my you. my fourth grade teacher. No, they didn't do that. Actually, they might have. I don't know. <laughs> that would have been so hilarious. <laughs> well, it was it was amazing. The uh, it was their annual Black History Month program, uh, and just a Black History tip, Marvin. Did you know that Black History Month originally was how long? How much? How long was Negro? History? I believe it was two weeks, right? No, but that's close. So very good. It was, it was week, one week. It was a week long. It was okay. a week. Yes, but we I, look. I'm just grateful to Carter G. Woodson. He was a historian uh, who started that week. And thank be to God, we now have gotten a month. And uh, really, many of us celebrate Black History. Four weeks. I, I said right. a month, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of. It's really kind of four weeks because it's not actually four weeks, is it? We're short. It's only days. like, yeah, yeah, we're short. We're short. So it's like three and a half. He he did good. He did. Well, we can change that, you know. I mean, like he I sure said in my last show, McDonald's, their commercial. I'm sorry I keep mentioning it, but <laughs> they said here at McDonald's, we celebrate Black History Month all year. 365 like, days. They, I know. They just want us to come and buy their food. No, they, they already right got there. us buying their food, so they have to keep <laughs> us there. So they better celebrate oh. 365 days. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we've got just a few uh, bills to pay, so we'll be right back after this. And then tell your mama and tell your friends, man, you guys are going to want to meet Jerry Goldstein. She is an author and a music industry vet, former manager, a touring manager, Gosh, she's her her bio, Marvin. I sent it to you. It's it's pretty impressive. Yes. And she's got some great tips for uh, musicians and performing artists. So you guys don't go anywhere. You hold right there on that line. I see her right there in the virtual green room, and our staff uh, is taking care of her. What's on the menu? For for Marvin, her. What do we have on the menu for the virtual green room for Jerry? I I believe some um, mixed vegetables, steam. Okay. And um, okay. some some clams and mussels. Okay. And then you mussels. have to have some. Um, we we're gonna call it white white grape juice. It has to be cooked in white grape juice because this is a Christian Ooh. gospel radio show, and we don't want to say white wine. Okay. But so it's white grape juice, <laughs> right? And not yes. too much. The deacons are gonna come okay. get you. I think that's what we got in the green room. We gonna step that game up. We got seafood on the platter now. Yes. Oh, oh! Why, why does Sherry get to have? Is this because? Oh, I see. This is a little racist now. You know, she, she's she's our guest. You know, and she's 
not black and you have all these nice things in the green room. Well, no, it has to that? do with her. It has to do with her being a booking angel. You know, you got to treat them nicer. <laughs> you'll be singing in the back of the cafe in the back right. of the cafe. I know that's right. Maybe she can get us a couple of meals. You're listening to exactly. the music box with crazy Tanya Dallas Lewis and my co-host for the night, Logic, the teacher. We'll be right back after this with Jerry Goldstein. So you guys don't go anywhere. Mom, I'm hungry. What's for dinner? In this tough economy, if you're a mom like I am, you are always looking for ways to stick to your budget, especially when it comes to making meals for the ones you love. That's why I was beside myself with joy when I found PoManMeals.com. PoManMeals specializes in orchestrating affordable yet creative alternatives to everyday eating. We all love food, and at Poman Meals, they showed me how to get more out of my meals without taking more out of my pocket. It's PoManMeals.com, where saving dollars makes sense. That's www.PoManMeals.com. Thanks, Mom. Dinner was delicious. Dimensions Entertainment is an innovative force that strives to be current and up-to-date with a variety of music, cultures, and styles. We deliver custom-fitting musical compositions, low prices, and publishing opportunities for the best intricate sounds, intimate services, and innovative expressions. Look no further. Follow us today on Facebook.com forward slash IDE04 or Twitter.com forward slash IndieO4. For the best in publishing, songwriting, and production, we are Infinite Dimensions Entertainment. to the music box with Tanya Dallas Lewis, national recording artist. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Tanya D. Lewis. That's Tanya with an A. So to all y'all who spell your name with an O, it is incorrect. Marvin, you're still hanging out with us? I am still here, and I am ready to go. Right. Not ready well, to leave, but I'm ready to go. You know, I was about to say, that's, that's rude. You know, Jerry, no, 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 I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I got, you can't. The green room is smelling really good. That's that's I know. why. I'm, you know, you got me working. I'm, Especially I with that white wine. Right. I'm white grape that juice. Not real wine. White I'm not grape Baptist. juice. No, I'm not Baptist. I drink wine. Where's the wine? <laughs> Y'all heard that first on the Tanya Dallas <laughs> music oh, box. <laughs> that's right, Jerry. Are you there in our virtual green room? Well, I am enjoying the uh, spread that you've put out here for me. <laughs> just, just totally enjoying it. You know, I brought some of my own spices just to kick it up a notch here and there. I love it. We love it. <laughs> Jerry, did but, I say your last name right? Did I say that right? You certainly did. Yes, you did. Okay. You, you're you're so good. Sure. You're so good. Thank you. Thank you. I can tell by your last name that you you are of Jewish descent. Am I correct? Uh, absolutely, yes, yes. Yes. Tanya, I would have, I would have massacred the name. Good, I'm glad you guess. read it. I'm glad you read it, Tanya. See, Tanya knew what to well, do. Well, 
you know, year three years in Bible college and and starting to take Hebrew, which I'm not I'm not doing too well at. But nevertheless, so that's okay because I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to welcome our music box listeners to a, a woman who I love already. She has an amazing uh, personality that I can tell thus far. Her name is Jerry Goldstein. That's what I said. Uh-huh. I wanted to say that's right, but okay. She's a former agent and manager for some of the top touring acoustic artists on the music circuit, including, and you all listen closely, Robin and Linda Williams and Garrison Kellior. Did I say that right? Keeler. 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 Thank you. The Hopeful Gospel Quartet, Dan Crary and IBMA, four-time award-winning instrumental group, California. Goldstein has booked national and international tours tours for artists performing in country, folk, gospel, bluegrass, contemporary, classical, and children's music. She has also booked tours for theater and dance. And after 20 years as working uh, as an agent and manager, she authored the award-winning book, which we've been promoting all week, How to Be Your Own Booking Agent, The Musicians and Performing Artist's Guide to Successful Touring. Her book is currently used as a textbook, you guys, a textbook in music business courses at university, universities across the U.S. and in Canada. Berkeley College is one of them. Berkeley College of Music, very famous music school. Uh, NYU, Belmont University, the Musicians Institute, and the Harris Institute in Montreal are among just a few of them. And I am not even going to try, Jerry, to read the rest of your bio. That's Amazing. okay. We don't need to go there. Let's let's get some folks some uh, some tips and and tidbits of. Uh, of uh, music biz so that they can, uh, you know, try to master the the art of managing their own careers, if that's what they are up for. I think it is what they're up for. And, Jerry, okay. I want to get your insight. You know, the music yeah. industry has changed a lot, especially with the, you know, the invention, if you would, of the Internet, download, digital. What Absolutely. What led you to come up with performingbiz.com which is basically, to me, like a one-stop shop uh, information source for musicians and performing artists. Well, you know, after I finished uh, my 20-year stint of doing booking and management, I felt like I had so much information and so much uh, experience to share, and a lot of artists at the time were just asking the same questions over and over uh, about press kits, about marketing, about record labels, about managing their own careers, and I just thought, you know, I might as well put this all down into in a book and and spent about two years gathering all the resources and information that I really wanted to have as a booking agent, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. at the time I had to make all these phone calls to do uh, my research. Now you just look it up on the Internet. But when I was writing the book, I was I was spending tons of time doing the research that for pieces of information that I really wanted to have, like uh, resource directories, um, directories wow. for for uh, various kinds of um, uh, agencies and venue directories, and now everything is just online and available um, through the efforts of so many people who've just really taken advantage of of what the internet has to offer. But I really wanted to gather all of those bits of information into one uh, volume so that people could didn't have to do all that research. You know, they didn't have to go all over 
uh, to libraries and to and buying huge directories in order to find the information, but also to give people a very good strategic step-by-step -step plan of action on how to take the dream of having a performing career very solidly through building a business of being an artist and an entrepreneur and all the way through to when to quit your day job. Day job. Wow. Wow. And I'm not going to do that quitting a day job. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's it's something to really consider. And, and I think a lot of artists uh, either think about quitting their day jobs too soon before they really establish themselves and really right. have something going uh, that is actually viable and can replace the income that they're making while they're actually working perhaps for somebody else. And and so I think, you know, in terms of, of a tip for, for artists to think about when they're when they're just getting started, because I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, varieties of artists that might be listening that are either at the very dawn of their career or they're already, you know, hardened road warriors and, and are touring um, feverishly. And then there's some that are sort of transitioning from, say, part-time uh, player to full-time musician or performing artist. And and I, I really feel like there's uh, steps that one must take to make those transitions and to really think about um, how are we going to do this in a very logical, step-by-step, -step, strategic way instead of just having a lot of emotions in it. So, you know, one tip that I really feel is, is important is, is to think about your career two years ahead, planning two years out, so that you can actually see what's on the horizon for you. Like if you're already booking and you want to go to some um, uh, booking conferences, for instance. Well, if you know, if you're looking two years ahead for yourself, then you have the ability to plug in special anchor dates, and it gives you a career momentum. It helps you to view, you know, so you're not playing catch-up. You're not thinking about, oh, it's April, let's book May. <laughs> and instead, <laughs> you yeah. know, instead you have a much better sense of, oh, it's April of 2012, let's look at what I want to be doing in April of 2013 and possibly 2014 so that that you have the ability to plan farther out and not be playing catch-up all the time and not be in this sense of, of putting out fires. Instead, you're moving ahead more logically, and you could take advantage of things like uh, special discount rates on conference showcase fees and conference applications, and, uh, and that really helps. It really helps to build some momentum. That's amazing. Uh, um, Marvin, I'm about to throw the show, the, the, not the show. I'm about to throw the show to you. Absolutely not. Never would I do such a thing. <laughs> you know, so this Marvin, show would look to totally different with me. Talk, with, 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 yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> totally 
totally with a, with a male at the lead. It would be the purple, <laughs> no, get, purple get, room. It would be, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> it wouldn't be the green room? <laughs> no, it wouldn't be no, the I'm green room. No, I'm going to allow you to, to ask Jerry a question. But before I do, ah. I just want to remind the Music Box listeners out there that if you're just tuning in, thank you so much for relaxing and chillaxing on this thankful Thursday. You're listening to the voice of Jerry Goldstein. She's a former agent and manager. She is a 30-year music veteran. She is a music author. She is giving you all some priceless advice, especially to you new artists and mid-level artists out there who really, really are looking for a booking agent and a manager. Um, this woman says that you can do it uh, without them. So you guys want to call in. The number is 646-652-2106. And while you ask her your question, uh, Marvin, I'm going to be uh, getting the, sh- the, the lines open. Is that okay, Jerry, for people to call in and ask you questions? Uh, well, I sh- you've got the time. I've got the answer. Okay, we do. Okay. All right, Marvin. Before, before, uh, you know, since you brought up the whole um, idea about the, the booking agent scenario, um, do you mind, Marvin, if I just throw a little tidbit in here before you jump in? No, of course not. Go. Okay. This, I love it. Uh, Go. One of the things about um, booking, you know, looking for a booking agent that uh, that that might make it easier for artists to really be more um, active about getting uh, signed by an agency is the way that they present themselves. I mean, I call it kind of preparation and partnership. The two P's of, of looking for an agency would be that think about what you've done as far as your own history for touring, because Booking agents want to know what your history is, but you need to present it to them in a way that says, "If I here's here's what I've done over the past year. I've had so many gigs. I make so much money per gig. I've sold so many CDs at each of my gigs. I've toured in this state, this state, and this state, and I've built a regional following. When I'm looking for an agency, I would like the agent to be able to increase my the number of gigs that I booked by 20% over the first year. I'd like to be able to go from playing in bars to playing in small theaters. You know, when you think and present yourself in such a way that that you're talking numbers, you're giving them some insights into your value in the marketplace, you're going to make a much better presentation to an agency instead of I mean, I get these letters all the time that say, hi, check out my website. You want to book me? <laughs> and and that, wow. kind of, you know, I mean, that kind of, that kind of uh, letter just sort of says, well, you don't even know who I am, that you, they didn't do any research about the kind of acts that I book. This is back when I was booking, you know, and and so you have a rock group trying to get on an agency that's booking acoustic acts. Well, that doesn't wow. make sense, right? It sure does. So, right. so, so if, if you're really serious about getting an agent, then f- check out the agencies that are booking exactly the kind of acts that you are. You know, if you're if you're a hip hop act then look for an agency that's booking other hip-hop artists. If you're a Christian act, look for an agency that's booking other Christian artists, you know, because you're not going to fit on a jazz roster necessarily unless you're doing, you know, specifically, you know, Christian jazz or something like that. But if you really are looking for 
an agent that's going to understand your music, then you want to have somebody that's booking the, the style, the genre of music, uh, or the field of performing arts that you are doing. Uh, and and you'll have a much better response uh, from the agency if they don't feel like you're coming from out of left field. That's okay, good Mark, your, advice your, to your, give your because... <laughs> That, well, that's good advice to give because I we run into it all the time where people are just out of place, you know. That's where, right. You know, you have a you have a person that has a specific sound or a specific um, genre that they attune to, and they're just at some obviously out of place venue right. that that right. they just chose to go to because they were going to get promotion of some type. But even Promotion can be bad promotion, are you? Would you agree? Well, exactly. I mean, just because it's packed out, a packed house doesn't necessarily mean you are right. marketing yourself to that substantial right group that's going to purchase you. Right, the that's right audience. Right. So I mean, you to know, the all other, of those that should be on talent shows and not at um, that's right. not singing in front of people, please continue to do the talent show venue yeah. and I mean, you don't know, the, the move whole, up to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole sense that uh, one of the biggest questions that uh, a lot of artists um, uh, are are feeling, not not question, but but sentiment that they will um, express is that, oh, I just need an agent because I I don't want to do that kind of work. I don't want to make the phone calls, and and so the actual sentiment is that they want to sort of just leave all of the work of booking them, booking the act in the hands of the agent so they kind of dump it in their lap if they do get signed and think, and then they sit by and they wait for the phone to ring for the agent to just tell them that they've gotten booked. But I look at a, a relationship with an agent as a partnership. You've got to be involved. It's your career. You've got to be proactive in helping the agent design and figure out where the best places are for you to be booked, what kinds of uh, venues you want to be uh, involved in, what your touring preference is, you know, how do you want to tour so that your act is presented in the best light. It's a partnership. It's a, you know, it's a feeding the agent information, goals, um, timelines, ideas of you know what part of the country or world you want to perform in at what time of year, rather than just saying, okay, I'm signed, and sit back and think that it's all going to just happen for you. And, and you know, I just uh, did a um, conference call with Carrie Cole. Jerry, I think you've heard of her. Oh, and yeah, she I know was, yeah, she was saying something that, you know, I, I immediately wrote down, you know, from pen to paper, which success mm-hmm. in music is created, it's manufactured, it's orchestrated, and it sounds like what you're saying is you need a plan. If you're going to go you need without, a plan. you know, yeah. You absolutely like need that. a plan, yeah. and you need to have a plan that is a living plan, something that is evolving all the time because new opportunities come up new uh, situations come up and you grow as an artist and you need to have a plan that is reflective of your growth and you need to be really aware of where you want the next steps to take you. So that's why I I really feel like this two-year planning, you know, planning two years out really helps 
that momentum and it helps you to see, well, if I'm here now and I and in two years, where would I like to be? You know, in two years, I'd like, I like to have that. a particular CD. In two years, I'd like to be able to be playing a certain number of dates per month. And in two years, I'd like to be able to be playing a certain type of venue that I'm not playing now. So you can only measure your growth if you have a real clear understanding of where are you right now. You know, like if right now you're playing a 50-seat theater or a 50-seat bar or a 50-seat standing room only place, um, and you want to be playing listening rooms in a year, perhaps you want to be playing a small theater that has, you know, 150 seats and be able to sell that out. You know, so you need, to, you need to really be um, very conscientiously tracking your numbers. How many people are you selling in this particular town? If you go to the next town, can you sell that many people? If you go to the next town over, you know, are you selling half or are you selling double? You know, are your fans following you? What do you wow. What city, speaking, what city speaking do you of think? City, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to hit the city. Marvin, go ahead. What, what cities do you, do you think are the most um, – are the hottest ones. We know about New York. We know about New York. We always hear about Atlanta now is growing right. market. Right. We know that DC is maybe a growing Vegas. market. But what's <laughs> right, maybe Vegas, depending on what genre, remember. She told us remember what genre. <laughs> um, well, I mean, what that, what that cities I, are good for our independent see, artists? But that's the thing. I mean, when you look at um uh towns that have either certain kinds of bars or venues or concert halls. I mean, like, I live in Charlottesville, Virginia. This is, I, I always say, this is the home of uh, Thomas Jefferson, James Monroe, and the Dave Matthews Band. And when we... Great band. It, and, but, but Dave Matthews Band grew here in Charlottesville, and this is wow. not, not this is not Washington D.C. This is not Philadelphia. It's not L.A. It's it's you know Central Virginia. And the way to grow a band, no matter where you are living, is to really develop that hometown base of support and right. extend right. yourself outward concentric circles so that you kind of grow regionally. You know, so you take so, in. And I'm, I'm, I like the way you just said that. So you're basically saying build your build your region first before you dare to endeavor to conquer the nation. Is that what well, you're saying? Well, I mean, absolutely, because, you know, if, if you're living in Washington, what are you doing in, in Sausalito, California? <laughs> you know, right, I mean, right. why aren't you playing in Philadelphia, in, uh, in the outskirts of Washington, D.C.? Why not take in right. region, take in build your regional re, uh, response because it's so much easier for you to have your fans and your friends go to the next town over. It's there And it's go. so much easier for you to call up the media person in your town that you now know and that now knows you mm-hmm. and say, hey, uh, who do you know in the next town over who's doing editing and feature articles at the newspaper in that town? And the person is probably going to know who that is and they'll go oh yeah call joe over there at the uh at the progress you know and and so now you have a foot in the door 
and now I like you that. have somebody. You know, you it's not like you're you're walking in cold, and so now your fans from your town, it's so easy for them to drive for 20 minutes and go to the next mm-hmm. town, or to mm-hmm. or even an hour, or tell their friends who live 20 minutes away to come and see you or meet me there. You know, and and much easier than helter skelter. You know, uh, <laughs> driving all over in a very zigzag pattern in order to build something, and and I always think that if you look back at history and look at the bands that built a really great reputation, you're going to see that they developed this hometown base of support, and they developed it eventually expanding out regionally. You know, and and you'll get a much tighter and much more loyal fan base, and it's going to cost you less money to tour. Less money. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to (laughs) Jerry Goldstein. She is our special guest. And speaking of a city, she's actually, uh, we can claim her here in the DMV. She her, she makes her home in central Virginia. And, man, she is a busy lady. She offers seminars. Uh, she, of, of course, her book is used as a textbook in universities, at, you know, in music business courses across the country. She is doing some amazing things, including uh, you are a consultant to the Virginia Commission for the Arts. Wow. Uh yeah, every once in a while we uh do consulting and um and I've been doing workshops for arts councils all around the country and in Canada for some of the arts councils up there too. Um I've got uh a gig coming up in October for the Oklahoma Arts Council. Wow, amazing. Well, if you have a question for Jerry, please give us a call. I saw one of you have held for a long time and hung up. I invite you to call back. She's here <laughs> to answer your questions. So please do call back. The phone number is 646-652-2106. Jerry, is it okay if we take a quick break to give that call an opportunity to call back? And if not, oh, yeah, sure. uh, we will right go ahead. and I'll just okay, hang out here in the go- green room and uh, and be eating up all of the goodies. <laughs> yeah. I love it, I love it. I know, that's right. Well, here is a song by a new artist. Her name is Bonnie B, and it's called The Inside. Hope you guys enjoy it right here on the Music Box. We'll be right back in one minute with our special guest, Jerry Goldstein of PerformingBiz.com. Matter of fact, while we listen to this for a minute, you guys make sure you go to PerformingBiz.com. You can read up on her bio. She just finished recording an audio book. She's doing some amazing things. And you know what? She's someone who really does know what she's talking about. It's the Music Box with Tanya Dallas-Lewis and our guest co-host, Logic the Teacher, right here this Thursday evening. You guys don't go anywhere.
Yeah. I just want to thank you so much for your time on tonight. And I don't want to let you go without you telling our Music Box listeners uh, where they can go to utilize your services and where they can purchase your book. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, it's uh, performingbiz.com, and uh, that's B-I-Z at the end of it. And uh, and just to to throw in a, a little tidbit, I've got another book coming out hopefully in March. It's it, we're we're just finishing up right now, and it's uh, it's going to be uh, the Tiny Guide to Huge Success: 100 Biz Boosting Hot Tips to uh, Ignite Your Performing Career. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Ignite. And it's, I like that uh, word, ignite. Yeah, I did too. We spent a long time looking for that word. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and this is going right. to be a compilation of these Monday morning Biz Booster hot tips that I do every Monday, which are these audio hot tips. That um, and and I'll write on that homepage of that website that you can just sign up and actually start getting those uh, every Monday morning in your little inbox or on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, they'll they'll be sent out there too. And um, uh, and and this is just a compilation of 100 of these some of my favorite hot tips that really are short. They're concise. They're brief. But the main thing about them is that they are meant to say, if you get them on a Monday, they're meant for you to just act on them. And you wow. will see step by step your career just starting to change if you take them and and act on them. Spend a little time thinking about the questions that are posed or think about the, the, the information or the ideas that are talked about in, in the hot tip. And by audio, they're like, you know, three minutes long by audio, or now I'm starting to just have them so that you could read them. But this book is just a compilation of a hundred of them, so that you've wow. got two years worth of work ahead of you. But just bite-sized pieces, you know, just little tidbits, just like those clams in the green room. Just bite. yes. <laughs> and it doesn't. That's right. I love right. this woman. I love Terry Goldfield. Just like the clams. <laughs> Jerry, now, you are you, the are before time, before time <laughs> jumps in, I know she will. Are you a, a Walmart yeah. sister? Because I need to add you to the club. Uh, well, not right now, but I can I can join. <laughs> okay, so if you're a Walmart sister, that means you 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 are a true believer that Walmart is it's just something about Walmart. You know these Tarjay people are coming up. You know the Tarjay. <laughs> I'm a Tarjay person. I'm a Tarjay person. See, I'm yeah, Walmart she ain't got time for Tarjay. It's, it's I'm, 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 I'm a Home blue. Depot person. You are. <laughs> oh, we done started. You hear it first here on the Music yeah. Box Home Depot. Yeah, uh, I'm into power tools and, and and home repair. Home Depot wow. for president. We are endorsing I love stores that. I love on that. the Music Box. Well, Jerry, yeah. thank you so much for your time tonight. I've been tweeting out your comments uh, for this entire interview. And Lisa oh, Thompson fabulous. is actually going to she's, she's gonna contact you because she is still texting me from her iPhone. Shout out to recording artist Lisa Foxy-Wilson. She's listening via her iPhone. Um, oh, but okay, Lisa, great. follow, where should she contact you? On Twitter, you're at Jerry Goldstein. Uh, that's J-E-R, Goldstein, yep, R- on Twitter or, or, J- or, or just by email, jg at performingbiz.com. Wow, she gives her email out. That's amazing. You, you go, Jerry, girl. Thanks. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> we got to have you back sometime. Okay, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy to come on back. <laughs> well, Jerry, so proud uh, that you're right here in the Virginia area, and uh, oh, I yeah. look forward to getting to know you better. So thank you. Well, so I am for your time going to be anxiously looking uh, for for where you're going to be performing because I just love mm-hmm. your website. And oh, thank you. congratulations on having a fabulous gig at the White House. I mean, talk about, thank you. you know, a good place to play. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. a mighty good place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice, nice so going, much. nice going. I tried thank to get her to so sneak much. in the back, but she wouldn't listen to me. Jenner. I know, yeah. yeah. Well, you should have been there to work. help her to find the back. <laughs> right, That's right. right. They would have both of us hemmed up. That's right. <laughs> well, great to talk to both of you tonight. Thank you. The pleasure is Thank ours. Thank you, Jerry. Thank nice you so meeting much you, for hon. having me on. I so appreciate it. Thank you, hon. We will talk to you soon. You bet. Okay. Well, Take care. Bye bye now. Listening to the music box, you just heard the voice of Jerry Goldstein. Amazing woman. You know, Marvin. I love that she has a sense of humor. She's a real yeah. person. She's Isn't cool. that amazing? She's she a cool is. white lady. <laughs> yeah, she is real cool. I know. I know some people are like, um, Tanya, you're supposed to be colorblind, but I'm not colorblind, Jack Nabbit. Oh, I why do we, we have do to do ourselves be? a disservice okay. when we're colored. I mean, Marvin, there's so much that the different cultures have to offer. Why would we want to right. ignore that? Right. And, and, yeah. and, you know, it just so happened that we're Christian. I mean, yes. come on, Jew, Christian, we have to hook up. Yeah. I like this. I like this a lot. Right. I like this a lot. You know, we were talking earlier, Marvin, about uh, Whitney Houston and the fact that you know her, you know, a private what should have what could have been a private home going service was broadcast to the world. And um, uh, the spin I'm trying to put on it is, you know, truly we're in the end times because the Bible prophesied that certain things would happen in the end times and the whole world would witness it. And look at this. The invention of the internet and streaming online makes it possible. She definitely you get brought right, the church. Definitely brought the church to the forefront. Um, I definitely like the fact that they didn't go all audio, all clean, all you know, production-wise on a funeral. They really just—it was straight grand piano. Organ and big choir and some singing. I, I really like that feel. I believe that that's what that's what's necessary. I mean, the world needs to see that, and they they you know the depictions of what a black church is are so. They do, just, but uh, but I I know the white people were like, if somebody else get up and sing one more song. Oh, now <laughs> the four hour funeral. But see, my I wasn't used to that. I said a four hour funeral, Lord Jesus. I said, but you, you know, wait, wait a minute. What you're not used to a four hour? I'm not used to four hour. No, no, no. See, I'm in the Southern Baptist Convention, and see, Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, uh, you gonna get it's gonna be two hours, and we're gonna move on. Yeah, they're on time. You're right. They are definitely on time. There's a difference between the Baptist Convention and the Southern Baptist Convention. Well, we just were playing uh, Dance With You, which is composed by Marvin, written by myself. That is on our uh, debut CD entitled Miracles. We'll play a little bit more of it because Marvin was fussing me out last week in the chat room. He was calling me Nappy Head, all these names, just because I didn't play Dance With You. You remember that? because it was Black History Month, and I did not say (laughs) Nappy Head, obviously. (laughs) 
Oh, my goodness. Well, we're going to play a little bit of dance with you, and you can download this on iTunes, Amazon.com. Matter of fact, get the whole album. It's by Tanya Dallas-Lewis, yours truly. And then when we come back, we're going to do some shout-outs and get on up out of here. So, Marvin, get your shout-outs ready. It's your music box with Tanya Dallas-Lewis. You have them ready? I have them ready. Dance you with you. You sure? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. It's coming it's coming on. See, look, see I told y'all. <laughs> it's coming on right now. It's your music box. Tanya Dallas-Lewis and Marvin first. Logic. Thursday for the Music Box. If you missed the beginning of the show, well, then you missed 
the Kimberly celebrity makeup artist to the stars. I'm talking about the Hollywood stars, including none other than pop music's leading lady who did pass this month. Oh, Whitney Houston. She shared some, didn't she share some wonderful stories? She did. Uh, did, did I ask you what your favorite song was? What's your favorite song? Um, I think that's an unfair question, and if you're a true Whitney fan, then all Whitney fans know that you can't have one favorite song. No okay? political answers in the music box. No political answers uh, in I'm, the music box. I'm gonna, Everyone I'm has that one. Say, I know. Okay. It's, it's going to be, um, and many of you may not know it, maybe you will, the diehard fans will. It's uh, Didn't We Almost Have It All. Didn't We Almost, Didn't we almost have, it have It All. Have it all. That's the, the night we held until yes. the morning You know you'll never love that way See, I'm getting carried away again That's, That's my song, song. We Tiffany and Kiki would sing that song uh, as young girls And we would harmonize on it Because the three of us, we went to the Apollo in one first place Yeah, yeah. So that would probably be memory. my favorite Yeah, My memory. favorite I know you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you anyway. My <laughs> favorite song, there's two of them. And see, I don't know if people remember this. I don't know. If, I always thought I liked the, and with I mean this in all honor of her, I liked the Whitney without hair. So my mom had the little tape deck, the little cassette play, tape with um, the one where her face was on there, and she it was real African-like. She was, like, really, like, mm-hmm. natural look. Mm-hmm. And so I like the 80s, Whitney. I okay, really like the 80s. Too. I love the bodyguard. I loved it. And that my favorite one from the bodyguard is I Want to Run to You. What is the song? Can you tell us what song it is, please? The song. The song that I really <laughs> like was, um, what what's that, the, the fast song that was on that tape? Um, you don't even know. I know, I forgot it. I had it yesterday, and I put it on my Facebook. Yes, dance with somebody. Yes, I like that. Because when I was little, I used to dance. I used to dance. I used to get down. Wow. I love it. I love that song. We've got about five minutes left, so we want to make sure we do the shout out so we can uh, give honor to who honor is due and thank some people. So let me. That's right. Shout out time. Let me find my shout out time song. Here it goes. Get ready, y'all. It's shout out time. It's shout out time. We're trying to get Dallas Lewis. It's shout out time. It's shout out time. Right here on the music box. It's shout out time. It's shout out time. We're trying to get Dallas Lewis. It's shout out time. It's shout out time. Right here on the music box. It's shout out time. It's shout out time. We're trying to get Dallas Lewis. It's shout out time. It's shout out time. Right here on the music box. Shout music for two hours straight, man. Lord coming up in our apost- apostolic church. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yes. That's the time when you would hear people who couldn't sing, too. They would be like, Just oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 
Amazing Grace in 14 different versions. Yeah. The key of F, F, triple flat. Well, y'all, it is shout-out time right here on the Music Box, and this is the time where I take time in the show to thank you guys uh, who just have been extra special all week. And I'll start off so Marvin can get himself ready. Uh, I want to thank <laughs> I want to thank uh, Terry Baysmore and Anthony Baysmore of Greater Little Zion Baptist Church in Fairfax Station, Virginia. They hosted me this weekend, Marvin, at their Valentine's Day banquet, and I sang uh, on Sunday morning. And do you know these people bought almost five hundred dollars worth of CDs? Ooh, can you believe it? Yes. I can because you're good. Oh. Well, we had a great time. I also want to do a shout-out to Willie Thomas and Shamika uh, of the White House staff, Patrick Edwards and the band, uh, bass player Parker Roach, as well as drummer Todd Golar. We had a blast at the White House. Just want to thank the White House staff for allowing us to come there and share our gift of music during the celebration of Black History Month. Also, Elder Troy Holt, as well as Sonny Rivera, He's at Worship Psalmist on Twitter. You guys follow this guy. He's an amazing songwriter and musician, and I will have him on the show soon, and we're going to start playing his music so you guys can get to know him. Of course, as always, Marvin, the TDL engine, especially yes. Susan Rand, holds it down for me. Trudy Copeland, Isaac, Marvin, everybody, thank you guys for the love that you show. Uh, Tanya Dallas-Lewis, uh, Tisha Dallas as well. What You got some shout-outs, Marvin? I do. I, I received a Twitter from our elder Troy, and he said that we have to shout out Miss Danita Gibbs um, at Your Vessel on Twitter. She is All listening right. in. I believe she's a first-time listener. I believe he has inducted another person into the Music Box team. So shout out All to Miss right. Danita Gibbs. Danita, love you, sis. We got to get her on the air one of these days. Yeah, he says she's a gifted singer, so, you know, we got to get those indies right. in there. You know, we represent for them. We, we support. We support. Anybody else? Shout out also to my lovely wife, who has now entered Aww. into the green room and is fixing some vittles. <laughs> and um, <laughs> my son, who is trying to eat my plate right now. Oh, Lord. And just, you know, it's just I, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate all of the individuals I'm working with right now. But Lord, if I I have to shout out my bed because right now it is calling. It I know is that's calling. right, Marvin. You sound like you had a day like mine. We're gonna have a great oh, weekend goodness. this week, and hopefully we'll be interviewing Dr. Moyer. I gotta inter, uh, remind him uh, via email. Uh, we'll yep. do that live. We're doing and, it on uh, then, set. Yeah, on, on site. Right? That's right. We'll do that on site. That's right. And then actually, this is the last announcement. I'll make sure I let you guys know, go. Uh, Busboys and Poets this Saturday uh, Yours truly will be there at 5pm We'll be at the 5th and K Street uh, Location in D.C. For the Troy Davis Memorial Fundraiser They're just asking for a $10 suggested donation But you all don't have to if you don't want to Um, Lethal Injustice And its its effects This is what the the theme is going to be From prisoners to family and community Many of you all remember the story about Troy Davis I don't know if you do Marvin But a gentleman in Atlanta uh, yes. He was uh, death okay. Row. That's right. On, on death, death row. row. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Despite the evidence uh, of mm-hmm. him, you know, being innocent. So yep. because his life was taken, it also contributed to the tragic death of his mother, Virginia, his sister, Martina, and in less than a year, um, the Davis family lost three family members. So they need some help, and so mm. this event is to help raise funds to help them during this time of need because they. Look, you know how family is. They need money. Going through. Yeah. 
Going so you through. guys, come on out to that. If you want more information on that, go to uh, TanyaDallasLewis.com, and you can find out about me being at Busboys and Poets, along with some amazing speakers, uh, including Troy Davis's sister. She's going to be one of the main speakers uh, there at the Busboys and Poets in D.C. All right? Excellent. All right. Well, Marvin, if all hearts are clear. <laughs> right. Amen. There you go. Amen. Shout out, of course, to my Auntie Jay, my Auntie Janet listening in uh, from Hurton in Virginia, as well as to my favorite family, Aunt Patricia and Uncle Marvin. They're really my cousins, but, you know, I'm a little special. I just want to call them on the uncle. It's just what it is. Right. But anyway, right. Marvin, I thank you so much for sharing the co-pilot seat with me on Music Box. I love you. Mwah. I and love you too, sis. Wife. I'll I'll see you next. I'll see you what tomorrow? tomorrow. Saturday? No, you're not gonna see me tomorrow. I don't know who you sent. What? I meant tomorrow Saturday. Friday. That's what I meant. I meant no. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Get I told you the bed's calling me. Right. Right. <laughs> I love you, bro. Good night. <laughs> We're going to leave out on Intimate with you. It's my current single. Please download it. I love you guys. Happy weekend to you. See you next Thursday. Same time, same place. And as you pour yourself in me, that place becomes calm and still. With the peace that the past you